Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. episode of the high low sports podcast i'm joined by kelsey and today we're going to continue our top five rankings of nfl positions by position group today is everyone's favorite divas we're going to do receivers and corners we're going out to the islands we're going to start off with receivers and kelsey who you got at the top who's your number one go-to guy my number one go-to guy i've mentioned him many times in the podcast the predator himself jeff heath Julio Jones. I was close. Never will I ever have Jeff Heath in a list unless it's top 10 worst players in the NFL. He will be number one. And that's just that. But no, Julio Jones is my number one receiver. Um, The Predator himself. I've loved the dude since he came out of Foley High School in Alabama. Went Went to the University of Alabama. Absolutely tore up the SEC. Um basically revitalized the receiver position at Alabama for years to come. If it's it wasn't for him, he there would be no Calvin Ridley after that. Calvin Ridley, Judy going on right now, Amari yeah. Cooper. They've had a strong tradition following his footsteps. Exactly, and they all somehow managed to wear number nine just like Julio. Not saying, but I'm just saying. Done, you know. done, done. Anyways, but then he goes to Atlanta. Him and Matty Ice, year after year after year after year. Putting up numbers. You, you talk about a physical specimen. That dude 
we talked about Calvin Johnson before and how just crazy he was built. Julio might be more athletically built with stronger hands and can actually run more athletic routes than what Calvin Johnson could. I want to see him run a 40-yard dash in somebody else's shoes, though, just because Calvin Johnson still has that on his side where he runs a 4-3 in someone else's random shoes. That's the only thing. That is Calvin Johnson you just described. There is no other man that can do that. Like, I'm sorry. Nobody else wants to walk another a mile in another man's shoes, let alone run a 40 in another man's shoes. There's no chance of that happening. But, no, Julio's my number one. Um, the dude's just so good. He, I, I, I mean, you put him up against a big corner – He's going to run by him. You put him up against a small corner, he's going to jump over him. Put him up against a linebacker, he's going to still manage to run over him. And by them simultaneously. Yeah, and by them. You name it, he can do it. Um, He can block. He can run. That team doesn't work without him. You see it year after year. There's a reason they keep wanting to pay him. (laughs) So it it just, you know, at this point, I don't think he gets his just due still. I still think he's overlooked because he has a quarterback in Matt Ryan who's – Hit or miss, you know. Uh, you call him Matty Ice, but to me, he's, he just goes ice cold in some games, and it just, it just kills me. Um, so you know, it's and they don't look his way. You know, he started last season with what no touchdowns for how many games in a row? Too many. Yeah. So it's but he had all the yards. He literally led the league in in total yards, but no touchdowns to go for himself. So I don't know. I just I can't think of a better guy I'd want to build a team around wide receiver wise. Can't say anything negative about Julio. The only thing that's kind of not positive I guess is he doesn't get as many touchdowns as I'd like which is a lot of it is play calling but at the same time he's just not really a fade route runner too I guess like when he gets to the red zone they don't really throw fade routes to him I don't know if he doesn't like him or if he's not as good at high pointing it there I don't know it's just kind of weird like it's everyone has weird quirks that they're good at great at bad at either way so I'd like to see him score more touchdowns I don't have him at one but I have him pretty high up on this I have him on this list for me I have DeAndre Hopkins of all people and by all of all people I mean Pretty much almost all people should have him up here is what I am saying. He has probably the best hands in football right now. The way the miraculous catches he makes. He's a six foot two, two hundred and twenty pound behemoth. We saw it against the Colts and over to the Colts and the Cowboys, both of our teams. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what he I'm talking about. Smoked them both in crunch time, just <sighs> catches the ball, spin move, spin move, spin move, spin move. Only running slants too. Like he runs slants, he runs corners. You can't guard him with one guy, you can't guard him with two guys. And now that he has Deshaun Watson, a competent quarterback for the first time, we saw what he did last year. Like, half of Deshaun Watson's touchdown passes literally went to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And that's on a team where at one point he had Will Fuller, they had a little Demarius Thomas action in there, they had Lamar Miller. Like, they had other weapons, Deshaun's legs, and yet DeAndre still got, got his. You gave him Brian Hoyer, he got his. He got it probably Brock Osweiler. Like, he could get it with anybody, which is yeah. what I think is fantastic. Honestly, you're splitting hairs. Julio's probably a little more naturally gifted. I think Hopkins is just a little more productive, too. Like, Hopkins has never really taken out of a game. Even in games where it's like, well, Hopkins didn't do as much. He ends up with seven catches for 90 yards. Yeah, no, you, you, you're you right. I, I do love – I love DeAndre. Uh, there was a stat last year that through all the passes thrown at him that were catchable, he did not drop a single one. Which is fantastic. That's right? How do you do that? Like, on, on a professional level – you know, I've talked about receivers not catching the ball before. And how just astronomically unsound it is that a receiver can't catch a ball. But like on the flip side of that, how does how do you catch every ball? Like <laughs> how do you not occasionally drop one? Like humans make mistakes. Yeah, it, it, he's. Well, I guess we figured it out. He's not a human. He's a robot. You call Julio predator. This guy might be something even more devastating. Yeah, he might be the robot version of a predator. Ooh, we're all screwed then. But I, you know, AFC South. Yeah, I, I I agree with your DeAndre Hopkins assessment and your Julio. You know, splitting hairs. 
Um, because at number two, I do have DeAndre myself. Great, I have Julio too. Let's just skip this and move on to number three. If you have a three, we don't need to go over this again. <laughs> exactly. So same things apply for both of our number two guys. So number three, uh, I got the widest, thuggiest receiver in Minnesota, Adam Thielen. I don't know how he does it. The dude just makes plays, and he looks like the guy that's literally drinking out of a 40 on the on the corner of the street like he might actually be that guy he just comes yeah. shows up on the field and doesn't care like i don't know i don't know where he comes from i don't know how he does it the minnesota miracle man himself adam thielen i don't i mean he's obviously not the guy that's the minnesota miracle but the dude's from minnesota went to college in you know in the state of minnesota plays for the vikings now he just Keeps winning in Minnesota. I don't get it. It makes me think that he's only good if he's playing for a Minnesota team. If he goes to another team, watch him just fall off and just be irrelevant. It's just, he's just That'd be magic. Crazy. He's moose, he's Minnesota magic, like you said. That'd be crazy. Like Gordon Bombay, step aside. We got the next Minnesota man. It's it's. I, I love Adam Thielen. I love his game. Uh, it's it's simplistic, but at the same time, it's skillful. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. He's the new version of Jordy Nelson. He's that wide receiver who's faster than you think and runs extremely good routes. Like, he's a bigger guy, too, that also can work in the slot. He's just so good at everything, but he's not great at anything. Like, he's not the best route runner. He's not the fastest. He's not the most freakish. When he has the ball in his hands, it's not the most athletic looking. It's like watching Cam Newton and Andrew Luck run because they run the same speed. It's different, though, when you watch them run. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think he gets a little knock on him because he's not Stephon Diggs and he has Stephon Diggs on his team. You know, Stephon Diggs is the big play guy. He's that home run hitter. But I look at Adam Thielen as he's going to get you there, though. Like, Adam Thielen's your horse. Stephon Diggs is the guy that will make the big bombs, the big plays, on break open the top end. And I think that hurts both of them is having each other on the same team. It's, it's kind of splitting airs. I love them both. Can't hate Adam Thielen. I don't have him at number three. I don't actually even have him in my top five, as blasphemous as it may seem to say. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, how That's do you do that it, to the Minnesota man? Because at number three, I have... Mr. Magic Man Matt can't guard Mike, Mike Thomas himself, from the Ohio State, which is the no. should not be trademarked, first of all. Screw it, you, Ohio State. They spell it wrong anyways. If you're going to say the, you need two E's. it you needs can't. two E's, and then you still can't trademark it because it's a common word. Come on, Ohio State, do better. All right, just wanted to get that in there. Mike Thomas is still here, not just because I wanted to get that out there, but him and Drew Brees, I think whenever Drew Brees targeted him, I think at one point they were completing 89% of the passes. That's catchable or not catchable. Like, yeah. just anything targeted. He runs some of the best in-breaking routes in the league. He's a big body, too. He's 6'2 and a half, 6'3". His name says, oh, you can't guard him, really, because he runs such clean routes for a big guy. He's not as much of a deep threat as some of these other guys. Like, he gets 20 yards, but not 50 yards as often. I haven't seen as many of them. Yeah. But he just moves the chains. Like, who else? It was Drew Brees to Mike Thomas. Drew Brees to Alvin Kamara. Drew Brees to Mike Thomas. Drew Brees to Alvin Kamara. Occasionally, Mark Ingram breaks for five yards <laughs> for a first down. <laughs> and that's if he falls for four of them. But <laughs> exactly. He'll stumble for the four. Basically, Drew Brees and Mike Thomas had that T.Y. Hill and Andrew Luck type connection we've talked about in previous episodes. And just guys like that are Antonio Brown and A.B. what they – not Antonio. A.B. and Ben Roethlisberger, what they had together at some point. Like These guys just have a click, and they did it so fast, too. Like Mike yeah. Thomas has only been in the league a few years. He was so good out of the game, like, hey, Brandon Cooks, you, you can go away. You're yeah. awesome, but uh, go away. Yeah. So Mike Thomas, I have him at three. Probably one of the better route runners between between him, Hopkins, and Hulu. I think he runs a better route, maybe even better route runner than Adam Thielen. At least it's debatable with him. I think he's the best at going over the middle in the league, honestly, because he's not scared of anything. I don't really see him get popped very often, and when he does, he's like, meh. 
still didn't guard me. Yeah, he's and he's strong enough to take those hits. So you know, I love your Mike Thomas pick at three. I don't have him at three. Uh, I actually have him at four. So everything you said and just you know be like Mike in, in New Orleans is there's a reason he just got paid and he just got a Jordan contract. I honestly uh, think he. He is when Drew Brees dude. retires, he's going to lead that offense. They're not going to miss a beat. Teddy Bridgewater's going to come back. Oh, I just got to throw to that guy and Alvin Kamara. We're good. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and speed through my number four then since it is Mike Thomas. It's all the same things you said. I just, you know, I just don't have him as highly touted yet because he's only been in the league for two years. Three so, years. Three years, sorry. This, yeah. He's had two years of killing everybody, though. So Yeah, and then one year of... I'm just going to sit here and learn behind Drew While Brees. getting 1,000 yards. Still yeah, no big deal. I'm just going to be here. Thanks, guys. I'm going to casually just put up 1,000 yards so you can get rid of Brandon Cooks and throw me the ball every play. Exactly. So, so who's your number four then since mine's Mike Thomas? Number four, this is based on what he should be doing, not necessarily what he has done in the recent years. Mr. used to have yellow hair himself and no longer does, so I like him a lot more, Odell Beckham Jr. Ah, OBJ. Probably the biggest hands in the league sometimes when you look at it, some of the most ridiculous catches he can make. I think he has the most talent of anyone on this list with the ability, his natural ability to run routes he's not as big and bulky like those other guys who are 6'2", 6'3". Like, when you're that big of a body, it's hard for you to spin in and out of breaks like those pigtail routes, those slant up and goes, post-fade corners. Like, they can run them at full speed just with momentum, but they're not as sharp necessarily, those... They can, Odell can run a 90-degree out where these guys are running speed outs usually. Obviously, they all run great routes, but Odell being a five foot 11 6-foot guy is going to naturally run them cleaner. That's just how it is. Smaller guys can take sharper turns. You have a lot less body mass to twist. That's why you see like Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, guys like that get open so quick just out of the slot. It's like, oh, bada, bada, I'm open. Odell can actually kind of do that, even though he's a little bit bigger than those guys. With small. He can jump with these guys too. I mean, he gets. we talk about Julio not getting fade routes. I feel like Odell's their fade route guy, even if they have Evan Ingram at tight end or yeah. whoever. And I'm comparing him to his Giants teammates because we haven't seen him with these with these yeah. Browns ones a whole lot yet. He's faster than heck. I mean, he ran a 4-3 coming out. We see him run slants and take him 60 yards. We see him run nine routes and catch him with two fingers while getting pass interfered. Hey, look, he Evan- made Brandon Carr the fraud that Brandon Carr is. He literally showed the world that Brandon Carr is a fraud for the Cowboys. Granted, a lot of us already knew that ahead of time, but now everybody knows. Yeah, like, he he absolutely... That catch will live on in infamy as just being the one of the most insane athletic things we've ever seen. And what's crazy is, unfortunately, that catch might have been the worst thing for his career because people overlook how good he really is when he's fully healthy and committed. The problem is, he has a, he's a little extra. I'm just going to use <laughs> a that. Little, in, a little she's, extra. She's literally say OBJ-13 on him. Like, come on, man. Extra. And those injuries have slowed him down a little bit the last few years, but... If he's coming in healthy and committed, and you have Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball with that guy's accuracy and that guy's mechanics, and his boy Jarvis on the other side to take a little attention, move the chains, do a little of the dirty work like blocking stuff, I think Odell's a, he is poised to break out this year. And I'm excited to see what he can do with a quarterback who will not only throw him the ball when he's open, but will throw him the ball when he's not open, which is, I played a little receiver. I wasn't like these guys. I was more of the slot receiver guy, but... Sometimes you're just like, give me a chance. This guy can't guard me. He looks like he's guarding me from your perspective, but he's not guarding me. Yeah. Baker will be like, I think he's going to have a few moments this year, and I hope he does because I actually like Baker. I think a few times he's like, ah, screw it, Odell will get it, and yeah. just give Odell a chance. And even when he does that, it's going to be accurate. I mean, he can, it's, it's gonna, it's, you're going to have a chance with uh, Odell making a play if, with Baker throwing the ball. And Eli's a Hall of Fame fringe-level quarterback. He's had a Hall of Fame-level career, but he's on his 
death leg where he, and they can't block for crap for him. I mean, his entire offense was, oh, God, get the ball to Saquon because he doesn't have time to throw it downfield to yeah. Odell. Their deep pass last year was Odell throwing the ball. That's yeah. how bad the uh, – God, it's so true. How terrible is that? Exactly. So I think this is – Odell's poised to break back out. As long, if he can tone down the extra just a little bit. I mean, there's guys like T.O. Chad Johnson. The extra actually sometimes propelled them a little bit. I think the extra kind of – I keep using that phrase extra just because I'm going to sum it up with – Instead of antics, because it's not always antics, it's just there's always something. Yeah, you know? there, there is. So when his is kind of under control and it's not always something buggy, I think he's going to feast on people. I think yeah. I don't know if the Browns will win the AFC North. We'll talk about that in our predictions video. But if they do, whatever success happens this year, Baker and Odell, I think, I think it'll be the ring. I think it'll be coincidence that Odell does a lot and the Browns win. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of Browns winning unless Odell. He doesn't need. He's gonna be triple teamed the whole game, and everyone's gonna yeah. see it. And for the first time, I think in Odell's career, yeah, I think for the first time in Odell's career, he is not gonna be double and triple teamed on every play. Like yeah, he, he since his rookie year when they had Victor Cruz there. Yeah, but. like he has Jarvis, who is arguably as equal of a route runner as him. He's not gonna be deep ball. He's not gonna have that speed, but he can run this the probably the bet the crispest routes in the league. Along with Odell, and yeah, he's one I mean, of the best slot receivers in the league. When you combine his blocking, his ability to just get open and catch balls and move yeah. the chains, like he's really like a darker Wes Welker and a little bit bigger. Honestly, like he's ran slow. He's not going to run away from anyone, but he will produce. That's all that really matters. Exactly. Well, I don't have Odell on my list. I'll just go ahead and spoil that one now. Oh shucks, a Cowboys fan without Odell? No. Oh, I know how terrible. Okay. Anyways, um, but I am a Cowboys fan who has a Steeler on my list. Uh, and it's not a former stiller, it's a current stiller. And that boy, Juju Smith Schuster. The youngest man in the league. And let me just like, add a Notre, a former a kid who grew up a Notre Dame fan giving a UFC receiver credit right in here too. So this hurts a lot in so many levels. I already gave an Alabama fan credit an Alabama player credit, like I'm hurting right now. This is this list hurts. Real recognizes real, and in yeah. this case, you recognize real. Juju is that dude, though. Like he's that up and coming. You talk about have guys having next. Juju is taking next for himself. He is making it his thing. Um, you see all these Adidas commercials. Him and Alba Kamara and them. You know they are the face, the next face of the of the league. Uh, you know, Juju is such a lovable guy. Like he lost his bike his rookie year, and everybody's like. Get Juju back his bike. You know, every, you get these Twitter warriors on your side and, they, you know, everything becomes better. But that's not even the best part about him. His game, it is so good. You know, he's a guy that he's, he's what, 6'2"? 6'1", 6'2". He's not yeah. a huge guy, but he's not a small guy. Exactly. He can get up, go, go up top, get it. He can run by you. He can run great routes. And he's just getting better. This is only, what, his third year? Yeah, it is. And he's, and he's just getting – he's the reason the, the – the, the Steelers can sit there and look like look at Antonio Brown and all his to steal your word extraness, and they can be like, "All right, go have fun in Oakland. Bye. We got Juju." Like, Pretty much, yeah. come on! Like, he did have more catches than Antonio Brown last year too, which I know AB was the main guy. He probably saw a lot more double teams, but teams kind of learn quickly. Oh, Juju's not one to be messed with. I mean, he has what two ninety-five yard touchdowns in his yeah. career already. Oh, he's not even look- a burner like like a John Ross or a Tyreek Hill. He just, when he gets the ball, he just gets faster than everybody. Yeah. He has that weird, like, Jerry Rice type of thing where it's like, oh, he ran like a 4-5, but oh, look, he's outrunning everybody when it counts. Yeah, or like Steve Nash on the basketball court. Like, Steve Nash is never the fastest guy ever until he has the ball in his hand and he's running past you. And you're like... So he's running underneath the baseline. Yeah, it's like, wait, where's that guy going? Like, what? It's the same thing with Juju. And let's not forget, the dude has a nasty streak. He, oh, wait, he did absolutely tried Burfick. to kill Vontez Burfecht. 
And, you know, that's something that's like, that can't, we talk about all these great Steelers receivers, Heinz Ward being probably the most prevalent of them. What's the one thing they all have? They all have that little bit of nastiness in them that, that I will knock you out before you knock me out. And I think Juju's that next Steeler great. And I think, honestly, he's <laughs> he might be the best receiver part of that Steeler greatness. Like, you know, we always talk about the Steelers receivers, and it's, you get a lot of guys that are just they're gritty. But he Juju has the chance to be probably the best overall receiver he's ever. He's got a nice for. mix of the Antonio Brown receiver with the Heinz Ward nasty. He's got yeah. a nice little mix. Like, he's probably not as good of a receiver as A.B. was in his heyday, like as far as pure receiving skills and just everything he do. Not quite as nasty and filthy and disgusting as Heinz Ward was to defense players. He does both a little bit better than he's a nice mix of the two, and I think that's a good way to kind of describe him. Is Heinz Ward meets Antonio Brown in 2020, yeah. basically, and a little bit of Mari Cooper and the fact he can just get open. Just he's the always just, open. Yeah, you, you literally like it's the perfect thing for Big Ben, and I don't like Big Ben by any means. Uh, oh no, a Cowboys fan hating on a Stiller, like, but seriously, like I don't like Big Ben at all. But I don't think you, if you're Big Ben, you're looking at your your number one receiver and you're like, okay. I'm okay with this. Like, I don't think I could ask for a better number one receiver at my this point in my career because Juju is a guy you can just throw the ball up to and watch him go get it. Like, he will find a way to make catches, just tough, ridiculous catches, and he will fight for it. Like, he might always catch, but he'll break up some interceptions too just from yeah. naturally fighting for the ball. Exactly. All right, so who do you got at number five? I love me some Juju. I don't have him up there yet. I want to see what he does this year as the p- clear number one guy. Yeah. And I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to be a – He's going to be a pro bowler for a long time if he stays healthy, and he is going to feast on a lot of poor defensive backs. But number five, I got the turf version of Allen Iverson, as I'm going to call him, Keenan Allen. Okay. Just based on the fact that when he comes off the line, it looks like he's crossing people over like Allen Iverson is head eight. The way he shakes (laughs) defenders, and you can't jam him unless you want to lose your soul. And if you don't jam him, he will simply outmaneuver. He will run at you and then juke you. He's just those little wiggle knees too. I don't know. I don't get how he does it when he comes off the line. He has a little wiggle to his knees. Like, like his knees can go left, his hips can go right, and his body can go straight. It feels like like you're never right with him. He has the uncanny ability to get open on any play, no matter what the route is. I think better than all of these guys combined. Yeah. I, he's not as fast as them. He's not as naturally gifted. He's only like six one. He's got some beautiful hands. So like he will catch anything you throw to him. He'll get deep. Do I need to get, get you a picture of those hands? I mean, you you describe that beautiful. Like, have you seen him catch the ball? I mean, it's a, <laughs> if you put that if you put that guy on the Cowboys, you will agree with me on that one. He oh, will, I mean, yeah. He I I think he has a lot of that. If you Amari put a quarterback Cooper, with him as well, you know. We're not gonna get into that one. Right? <laughs> I think he has a lot of Amari Cooper's basically all of the good things about Amari but he has all the positive things that these other guys have that Amari doesn't quite have why we don't have him up there. Like consistent hands? Consistent hands. like cons- A quarterback to throw him the ball. Especially the quarterback to throw him the ball. <laughs> but also just how he doesn't really ever seem to disappear from games. Like he always seems to be involved. Like even in that Patriots playoff game where they enforced got ramrodded, he made plays. Like he had the, he had a long couple long touchdowns. Like he had a long touchdown, a few other plays. He can score from anywhere on the field. I think that's what's kind of special about him too. He's not just a big play guy. He's a go over the middle, catch it between three linebackers and get down kind of guy. Yeah, he could block. You can line him up at tight end. You can line him up as H back. You could probably line him up at running back. Honestly, he has almost Aaron Hernandez like versatility, and that you could put him anywhere on the field and he will produce. Heck, it wasn't you can probably for that. throw him a quarterback when Philip Rivers decides to fall apart. Heck, you could probably throw him a quarterback for your Cowboys. Honestly, hey, like, look, hey, I'll think, take it. I think he's just very underrated because he's a on a loaded Chargers team with Philip Rivers, Mike Williams, the, all those weapons they have, and then that knee injury a couple years ago I think really kind of I don't want to say set him back, but it killed his potential train a little bit because yeah. he was killing the Chiefs that game. Like 
him and the Chargers were killing the Chiefs until he went out. Then the Chiefs made that comeback on him, led by your boy Alex Smith. So, Oh, Alex Smith. So I think Keenan Allen's vastly underrated, but at the same time, it's I think he's he's a Pro Bowl receiver that hasn't got his just due as that dude in the top five, honestly. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you know, my my pick the other night with our safeties pick with Kevin Byard, I feel the same about Keenan Allen. He's a guy that just doesn't get recognized as much as he should be. And I think if they would have beat the Patriots that game, per se, I think Keenan Allen would have had like probably had to have 160 yards and two touchdowns. They'd be like, oh, that guy Keenan Allen, yeah, the guy destroying Stephon Gilmore, arguably the best corner in the league, debatable. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with Stephon Gilmore, but okay. Well, anyways, well, that's a perfect and that, segment. Yeah, exactly. So, leading into corners, you said Stephon Gilmore. Is that actually your number one corner? No. Okay. Who My got? number one corner is kind of the guy that I think everybody hates but respects at the same time, Jalen Ramsey. He's <sighs> the most freakishly built. He's six foot two. He probably has the best hands of any corner in the league, arguably. He catches some of their most ridiculous picks. He, he's the most athletic corner when you look at his height, size, weight. He has a lot of Deion Sanders, a lot of Darrell Revis, in a more freakish build. He has Nambi Osmo's height with freakish speed, kind of like a Rogers Cromarty. Rogers Cromarty, either the Cromarty's really like he's pretty yeah. much. Basically, Antonio Cromartie, that's a good comparison. He's a better version of Antonio Cromartie when I look at him without all the kids. And <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have 30 kids to, <laughs> that we know of. Maybe only 20 so far. And he, I think he, his trash talk and his bravado and his just kind of weird personality kind of masks the fact that he's really good, too. Yeah. Like, I don't really like his personality, and he seems like sometimes it seems a little fake on the field where he tries to antagonize people, like with his little thing with AJ Green, etc. But. The dude balls out, man, and even on that when Jacksonville looked terrible last year, the only time Jalen Ramsey didn't look great is that first week against Odell, and he still technically kept Odell out of the end zone. I mean, Odell got like 10 for 100, but he didn't let Odell score on him, and other receivers, he doesn't clamp them necessarily, but life ain't easy on Jalen Jalen Island. So I'm going to keep Jalen in one, but out of all my number ones I've had, I think this is the one that might be the shakiest issue. Like I can see it caving in really quickly. I can see him having an unfortunate fall from grace really quickly. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, if, if I were ranking this list off of trash-talking corners, Jalen is my number one above and beyond. I love a good trash-talking corner. Um, I, I, get, I, I enjoyed all of his... Yeah, I used to slide into the DMs of a dude's girl before, the, before I played him in college. Like that was, that was great to me. I think that's hilarious. It's clever, too. You know, know? And, but unfortunately, we're not ranking this off of trash-talking. Uh, and in that vein, I literally might be going with the quietest trash talking corner in the league i don't think he says much other than look at my stats and that's casey hayward that's my number one speaking of chargers loaded ass team here's another guy <laughs> yeah, yeah here's another lists. another charger on this list I feel like um, there's gonna be a charger on every single one of these lists at some point but yeah i think i think honestly casey's kind of like keenan allen in a lot of ways where he just doesn't get his just due it's it's a lot of people overlooking him i mean we talk about it many times with these guys they, they just don't throw at him like they literally look at the team and they're like, okay, so we're not throwing to wherever Casey is. We're just going to cut off that half of the field. Like, not just a third. We're going to cut off that half of the field and see what happens. The Packers still wish they would have kept him, I think. I, oh, he yeah. definitely peaked more with the Chargers, and I think that scheme fits him better. I love Casey Edward. I have him on my list. We'll get to him. Can't really disagree with anything you said. I wish he got more picks. I know they don't throw at him, but yeah. at the same time, like they don't throw Jalen very often, but he still ends up with a decent amount of picks. Like, well, that's because they throw him at safety, too, with Jalen. Whereas Casey, he just... I don't know. They don't really play him much as safety. Like the one time I remember them playing safety against the Colts because like, oh, we're not letting Eric Ebron score. Screw that. Yeah, that's the only time I've seen it. But and, at the and same time, like 
there's nothing wrong with Casey Hayward. Like, I'm not even. I have nothing negative to say. I just. I think Jalen is a little more versatile, and he can shut down the field as well, as well as he can get the ball and score running the other way, and he gets the ball a little bit more, and maybe a slightly better tackler, just because he's a bigger guy, and he's like, I don't care. I'm going to pick on these guys. I he's can not, see that. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's not tackling Derrick Henry clearly, but I don't think I either mean, one of them is. Look, like I said, if we were basing this off trash talking, I'm I'm putting Jalen up there, but we're not, and so Jalen is not is not there for me. But I, I do think Casey like. You talk about Jalen sticking his nose in. I, Casey will stick his nose in against anybody. It's much easier to do when you have Derwin James and yeah. you're both I mean, near you it's, it's, less, it's less dangerous if he misses a tackle on, on somebody when he has Derwin James behind him. So it's okay. I mean, so, yeah, he doesn't have as much to lose um, on the backside of things. But, I don't know, I, just, I feel like just putting him in the scheme in San Diego, him just becoming as good as he has, and the dude is just – I mean, nobody throws his way because they all know. Like, at this point, you just know you don't throw at him. We're going to see. I, I love Casey Hayward. I have him on my list. But at number two, I have a guy on the All-Pro team this year, Stephon Gilmore, that recently mentioned. With the Bills, he was nowhere near this list. He was a good corner that made good plays but was not a number one corner. He's a guy you draft to basically guard the number two so you can double-team the number one. Kind of like the exactly. old Patriots thing, what they did with – but. And what the, what the Patriots actually got him to do. <laughs> but instead, he became the guy that can lock down the number one receiver most of the time so they can literally double-team the third guy and then just put someone else on the two or whatever the heck they want. Yeah. He can guard. He's so much better on the outside, clearly, but he showed the ability to guard the slot if he needed to. He's physical. He's lengthy. He's fast. Everything we saw about him coming out as a draft prospect why I got drafted so high has come true with the Patriots. Yeah. He looks really good. They re-signed him. I mean, they signed him to a big deal. They don't do that. I mean, they even signed Revis, like, what, a two-year deal? Yeah, it was they're like, keep, yeah. They're keeping Gilmore around, and there's a reason for that. He's a stud. He can lock down anybody. He's not quite Revis or, like, on those upper echelons, but I think he's one of the best corners in the league, and he doesn't get as many picks as some of these guys do, but like your boy Casey Hayward, he just, you don't kept, you don't throw it. I mean, when you do, he breaks it up or he picks it off. Yeah, and I think he's made got life easier for those other DBs like Jonathan Jones, a young guy who's really fast, hey, pretty I, good. I love me some Jonathan Jones now, okay? and I think his job is a lot easier because of Stephon Gilmore. And then a guy like Jason McCourty coming from the kind of trash heap that was the Browns previously, compared to last year, coming into the Patriots scheme, fitting right in, and arguably being probably even better than he ever has been. And he's had a pretty good career up to this point. You got Devin McCourty, who's was one of the best safeties in the league, getting kind of older. Patrick Chung, who's been a pretty good safety, but not anything outstanding. All their jobs are made easier because you have that one guy who they could just put on somebody like, all right, he's gone. We're playing ten on ten now. Yeah. And for the defense, when it's ten on ten, is much easier than eleven on eleven. Heck, it's really nine on ten at that point. I mean, unless you're playing the Ravens. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, because your quarterback's not, he's gonna sit in the pocket. So. Yep. So I think that's why I have Stephon Gilmore too. He's revitalized that Patriots defense, and it, honestly, you could say that's a big reason they won the Super Bowl because they are not winning it without a def- that defense they had last year. Yeah, and you know, I like I like Stephon Gilmore. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's something about guys going to Buffalo when they get drafted and their just promise just just stalls out. I guess you know I didn't expect Stephon Gilmore to be waiting this long to become good, and and it is kind of weird that he all the promise from South Carolina is literally coming out now. That's weird because he wasn't even really that bad in Buffalo, but he was not this guy. Like he was, no, yeah. he was a starting corner in Buffalo, like worthy of being paid and starting. But now in New England, it's like okay, we will trade first round picks for him. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not who I have at number two. Um, spoiler: I don't even have Stephon Gilmore on my list. Well, your list sucks. Yeah. Well, my <laughs> list is greatness. Uh, I have the snub of all snubs, uh, Chris Harris, Jr. Who doesn't love themselves and Chris Harris Jr. I mean, like I that. mean, he is my number two corner. 
Uh, everything I said about Casey literally applies to Chris Harris Jr. again, except for he gets more picks. You know, it's just he's the one bright spot on that Broncos defense that besides Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. One, let me finish that nope. defensive Cut. backfield. No, nope, not letting you finish that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have you have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. Okay, cool. Let's stop them by double teaming them. Then what you got? Well, I mean, yep, you, that's four offensive linemen on two people. That <laughs> that's all they need. That Broncos team is that bad that all you need to do is block those two and just let the other two just kind of figure out what they're trying to do. I mean, it is it, the Broncos defensively are not that good at all. Not even close to good. And Chris Harris Jr., you know, as far as DBs go, he is just so promising going forward for him, and I don't really get how he keeps getting overlooked. Like, is it because he's a Bronco? But I don't get it. I just like how do you keep overlooking a guy that stats dictate he's number one, number two for a lot of people? How, how does that happen? I don't get it. But that's why I have Chris Harris number two. I, I just I don't know. I, everything I love about Casey, I love about Chris Harris Jr. Um, and then he gets more picks. I mean, he kind of fulfills your whole need for more picks. Oh, I can't say it's my need for whole picks. I mean, your job is to pick the ball off, so it's not really I mean, my your job is to, is to defend the passes thrown at your receiver. But And if the ball hits you in the hands, you should catch it, basically. Hey, hey, look, when you only have seven balls thrown at you like Casey does, it's, it's, uh, you only have to knock down seven balls. I mean, your job as Dak Prescott is to basically throw the ball. It doesn't say you have to throw touchdowns. I mean, Hey, look, all I'm saying. Anyway, at number three, I have your boy Casey Hayward. Everything you said, great tackler, cover guy, breaks up passes, gets picks, versatile. Basically, you already covered all of it. We're just going to move on. Who do you have at three? Uh, probably the craziest pick I've put into any of my lists so far. Tredavious White It's my number three. That dude after his rookie season with the Bills, ironically, he I thought he had next. I thought he was going to be that next great corner in the league. Yeah, I, I, it's, you know... Right now he's coming to – he just, you know, just left the game this weekend with a, with an injury. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, but we're picking this list based off of what we can get, not what, you know, if they're injured or not. So with that said, and that's why he's up there. I do – I see, see a lot of promise in him. I, you know, I see a lot of hope for him to be the next Bill corner. Well, maybe the first Bill's corner in history to ever be a number one all-pro cornerback. Because he, he has that level of talent. It's just a matter of can he fulfill that. And I do think he can. I think I see it, and I, I think everybody sees it, and they don't really want to start throwing at him anymore. I love some Tredavious White, and I hope he can kind of bounce back. And number four, well, we are talking about three FKC Hayward, so I'm going to go to number four. I kind of have what's kind of turned into the OG pick, ironically, recently, Patrick Peterson. I know he's going to miss some games this year, but when you combine the height, the weight, the speed, the cover skills – the ability to get the picks, the ability to turn those picks into touchdowns especially, too. I think he was the best corner in the league for a couple of years. He's fallen off a little bit. Unfortunately, in Arizona, it's kind of killed his soul the last couple of years. But I think that being said, you can still match him up on any receiver in the game, and he will still give them hell. He's This one might be a little bit more just what he should be able to do. I don't know if he'll be able to still do it. We'll see how he is bouncing back after the suspension. But well, he, he's been able to cover everyone. He's one of the best man-to-man corners we've seen in a while. And Zoni has a little bit to be desired on occasion when he has to sit back and kind of try and react, not just do what his instincts tell him to do. So I got the Pat Pete there. Basically, he can do everything you want a corner to do. He just occasionally doesn't always doesn't always have the best stat line, if, if you will. Sometimes there are games where you'll see a guy catch the ball right in front of him. It's like, how'd that happen? Yeah. But I think at his peak when he's at his absolute prime best, very few guys have competed with him. Okay. 
I, you know, I like that pick, actually. I, I like Patrick Peterson. Um, I, I do just think he's getting a little old, maybe a little gray in the beard. If, his, um, if he's going to make one of these lists, this is probably our last list he's going to make. Yeah, definitely. I think this is last year. Kind of like Earl Thomas was for my safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same way about that. Uh, so for this one, um, for my number four, you know, you have you have PP. Uh, I got a, I, I'm going the opposite side of the spectrum. I got Marshawn Lattimore. I love me some Marshawn Lattimore you know, too. Until last off, year was kind of sad, unfortunately. Yeah, coming off a bad bad year last year, but you know, in two years in the league. Dude already has seven picks, five forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and a defensive touchdown. As a corner. The like, weird thing is all that was rookie Marshawn yeah, Lynch is what's even yeah, more he's, crazy. he's rookie of the year, and he is goes to the Pro Bowl his rookie year, and then just falls off last year. When, in, in his defense, a lot of the Saints' defense fell off last year. They weren't as good last year as they were the year before, that's for yeah. sure. So, and honestly, I love Marshawn Lattimore. He's going to probably be on my list next year, I believe. I'm just, from what I saw last year, I'm like, you have to have a little po- cause to pause. It's like, all right, so where you want a guy that just had a great rookie year and we're never going to see you again? That's, I don't believe so. I think he's going to be really good this year, and at least I hope so, because I love his game. I mean, those Ohio State defenders coming to the NFL, especially from the secondary, they have produced. Oh, yeah. Just, not even the secondary, just the full defense across the board. The Bosa's, the Hooker, the Lattimore, the Gary and Conley. It's fun to watch Ohio State defense players make the league. So, And ironically, like the, the Ohio State defense players not making it, are the linebackers, which they used to put out in the league. Like James Laurinaitis and games guys back AJ in the day. AJ Hawk, yeah, you know, all yeah. those guys. So so I like that pick. I, I don't have him on my list. At number five, I have a guy who's an all-pro corner who's also underrated, but at the same time needs to do more. Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller. That dude is everything you said about Casey Hayward and all them, except if he knew how to catch the ball, he would have had 15 picks last year. <laughs> he would have. He has stone hands that make Darius Hayward Bay's hands look like gold. They make Eric Ebron's <laughs> hands look like gold. But that being said, he still managed, I think it was eight picks last year, too. He still had a bunch of picks. He still had pass breakups. Against the, when he played the Rams, several times he sat back and broke on the ball. It's like, no, 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 Sean McVay, you are not outsmarting me. Yeah. He's a very cerebral corner who can play man, but his ability to play off the ball and just break on it is very safety-like. Like, he's a guy, I think if you put a safety, he'd be just as good as he is a corner. He's a really good tackler, too. I think... Everything they wanted out of Kyle Fuller when they drafted him, they saw it last year all come tenfold. That Bears defense is just loaded across the board at every position. You got uh, all-pro safety, all-pro corner, all-pro Khalil Mack. Like, yeah, that, that Bears team is built for success coming forward. And I think Kyle Fuller is a big part of that. I'm ha- they're happy they paid him because I know the Bears are trying to trying to get a hold of him, and they're like, no, no, we'll match that offer. We want to keep him. Yeah. Smart choice on their part, I'd say. Yeah, no, definitely. And Well, I like that pick. Um uh, I'm going to go to another co-leader in, in interceptions last season, though, uh, for my number five. Uh, you had Kyle Fuller there. He, he, you know, co-leader with seven picks. Uh, another guy, Xavier Howard. Who does love Xavier Howard? That come-up story. Exactly. The dude has 11 picks in the season, or 11 picks in his career, right? He's been in the league for three years. Seven of them came last year. What's crazy is, and I believe in, maybe it wasn't back-to-back weeks, but it was pretty close. He picked off Tom Brady twice and Andrew Luck twice. Yeah, it's in the insane. same game. And the dude's just getting better. Uh, on a Miami defense that, let's be honest, if Miami's going to win any games, it's going to be their defense that wins them the games. Well, Josh Rosen, I think he could win a game. For oh, him. yeah, okay, maybe one game. I don't know who he's throwing to, but somehow it'll work. Kenny Stills, right? That, that Against Arizona, good. maybe. If, if Kyler Murray doesn't show up for the game. Well, I mean, I don't know. If you blitz it, based on what we saw in Hard Knocks, all you got to do is blitz him and you're golden. Yeah, blitz him from the outside in the, in the middle. And he's like, I don't know where all the blitzes are coming from. Anyways, anyway. I digress. Um, I do think Xavier Howard is 
is that due to Miami? Um, I do think he's going to keep getting better. And he's already co-leader in interceptions last year, you know, to the guy you just named, Kyle Fuller. And I think both of them will get better because their hands just keep getting better. I love Xavier Howard. He's probably he's another guy kind of like Marshawn Lattimore. He's probably going to be on my list next year. I just want to see, like, one more eight-game stretch of him dominating and beasting. That's all. Like Absolutely. And he, I mean, he's I can, not afraid to tackle, but he's not a guy like I like when a corner tackles like Casey Hayward and those guys. I just haven't seen him stick his nose in there as much, but he hasn't really had to because either they break yeah. an 80-yard touchdown on the other way or they basically just get tackled beforehand, so he hasn't had to or, worry about it. you know, the much. defense doesn't even have to worry about playing a game for Miami because their offense just keeps throwing all these picks. Exactly. So I, I love Xavier Howard. He's going to be on a list in a future list. So I kind of like both of our lists. I think that your absence of Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore is shocking. Look, I like I said, I will if I'm basing a list off of trash talkers, I'll put Jalen Ramsey there. I'm not, though. I'm basing it off of talent and his – I think for him, you talk about Odell – when he gets extra and it distracts from what he does, I think when Jalen starts getting extra, it just distracts from what he does. And I don't I don't think Jalen's going to be as good this year. I, I don't see it. Um, you started to see it a little bit last year. He started to fall off a little bit. You know, he wasn't the all-pro safety or all-pro corner he was the year before. Um, and I think he's I think he's going to keep falling off. I mean, there's a reason his only sponsor is right guard still. I mean, he can't go wrong with right guard, though. I but mean. he's still literally on his rookie scholars. A sponsorship deal with right guard which he signed before the draft and like he hasn't signed anything since so you know he's got a jordan jordan contract but they're handing those out like candy nowadays so there's no telling um but yeah that's you know that's that's why i don't have Jalen. as far as stefan gilmore goes i don't know why i didn't put him on my list it was just preference i guess sometimes i like some of these i like some of these young guys and i guess it's because he's a patriot you know we've all talked about my hatred of the patriots I respect their system, but I hate the Patriots. Fair enough. I like my corners guarding your receivers a lot better. But anyway, moving forward, is there anything else we want to cover going into this week? Yeah, so we got up-and-coming Auburn versus Oregon. Speaking of your Auburn oh. Auburn Tigers, they got themselves – Mel Kuyper released his little top ten guys for next year's draft. One of your guys made that list, huh? Oh, yeah. Ladies oh, yeah. yeah. You know, a little bit of defensive lineman in there. Um, but, yeah, no. So Auburn finally figured out their quarterback situation. If you've heard me talk throughout the podcast, we kind of mentioned this game multiple times, and multiple times I keep saying Auburn needs to find a quarterback. Well, they finally named a quarterback last week. Mr. Bo Nix himself. Better late than never. The the son of a former Auburn quarterback in the 90s. Um, can never remember his dad's name, so I'm not even going to try. But it continues the Nix family lineage, and I will say this about Bo Nix. I don't know if he'll be a great Auburn quarterback, but I know if he goes to the next level, he'll be a good NFL quarterback. Um, people might might be listening to this and be like, what? What are you talking about? And if anybody's watched Auburn, you kind of see their offense is predicated off of a running style quarterback who can throw the ball decently. A pretty wacky offense, if, yeah. if you will, honestly. Not very traditional whatsoever. Yeah. And and the goal for Malzahn's offenses are always to get mismatches. And what better way to have a mismatch than having a running quarterback? Right? That's your no- We talk about it. You know, we mentioned it just a second ago. You have your number one receiver covered. It's 10 on, 10 on 9 because they're not expecting the quarterback. Well, with Auburn's offense, you need a quarterback that can run. I worry Bo Nix isn't that same athletic t- intangible that Joey Gatewood was. And I think Joey Gay would be a better Auburn quarterback at this point in time than Bo Nix will be a better Auburn quarterback. But 
I'm hoping I get to eat my words, and I'm hoping that Auburn and Bo Nix can come out against Oregon. And this high-powered Oregon offense... Led by a quarterback also in that top ten ranking, Justin Herbert, which I think... I don't know if you want to shoot at if you're Auburn, so you got to hope that you get after him, honestly. And oh, if you yeah. get after him, make Nick's job a lot easier because that's not an easy game to start your college career off of either. Absolutely. you got uh, Auburn's got all these returning seniors and juniors in the secondary, and they got returning linemen. I mean, they have one of the most vaunted front seven in all of NCAA football, especially in the SEC, and that's something to be said about the SEC. I mean, you don't just put, you know – any seven front seven out there and just call them vaunted like they actually have to be good and they got to be nasty because they're going against some of those big boy offensive lines exactly and so and that's a question you know building up to this is you have the high-powered Oregon offense versus a very very good Auburn defense who budges first is it going to be that one of the that matchup that that matters or is it going to be the flip side of a kind of porous Oregon defense Versus a young, inexperienced Auburn offense. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's going to be the immovable object, or it's the unbreakable. Is it the unbreakable force versus the immovable object? Is that what it's called? Unstoppable force versus immovable object. There we yeah. go. As far as Oregon's offense and Auburn's defense, and then basically whose peg leg can actually stand longer as far as Auburn's offense versus Oregon's defense. Yeah, and I do think I will say I do think Auburn's offense long if it's. If it comes down to a low-scoring game, I think Auburn's offense can get them 17. If it, if the total score is under 55, per se, like nobody scores 30 at least, I think it's in Auburn's favor. I think if a team hits 30, it's going to be Oregon, and Oregon's going to win Absolutely. probably comfortably. I feel like this is a lot like the, the that national title t- title game back in 2010. I think the first to 30 wins. Basically, yeah. Um, like If Cam I, could control the game, then it's all Auburn's. But if Oregon gets flying and those guys start scoring from all over the place, then it's tough. Yeah, and you got Justin Herbert on that other side, man. He is... So good. Everybody talks about Tua. Talk about Lawrence. You know, you talk about all these young kids in the in, in the college football rankings as far as top quarterbacks. But everybody keeps leaving out Justin Herbert, and I don't know why. He has a little bit of that Matt Barkley feel. It's like, oh, he he should, probably should have came out last year. Now we're just going to find holes in his game. I think people are kind of writing him off, but I think he has. I don't want to say more potential, but I think he's the most sure pick to be a starting quarterback for a while to come. Absolutely. I, I mean, he's just. I don't know. He's so good, and he's he's coming into his what third season, something like that, at, yeah. at Oregon, running this offense as the starter. So I think you know he's it'll be promising to go forward. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, hopefully, it's as good as that Miami Florida game was. That was that, a doozy. That game was back and forth. Uh, I disappointed to not see Miami come out with a win, but that Florida team decided to show up for once. So you know. Nice to see. They played up to that ranking they were given, so let's hope they can keep that because it makes the SEC a lot more fun when you have teams like the Gators that can play. Keep up when it's not just Alabama, LSU, Georgia. A little yeah. bit of Auburn sprinkled in there. Yeah, every once in a while Auburn shows up. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I agree. So it's going to be fun. Um, kickoff week one since last week, I guess they're calling week zero. Week one kicking us off. Uh, Auburn, Oregon. Um, I guess prediction-wise, I, I we talked about it a little bit. Um, I, I unfortunately do have Auburn losing. I have them losing, um, ironically, thirty-two or thirty-one to twenty-four. Um, I think Oregon just puts it on them early, and and Auburn struggles to get back. And you know that that offense ineptitude is just going to hurt. I'm going to flip this one on its head. I'm going to say that your Auburn Tigers of all teams win twenty-seven to twenty-one. I'm going to say this looks a lot like Iowa State versus West Virginia last year, where. West Virginia comes in with Will Greer, that stud quarterback in this high-flying offense, but an underrated, super-touted defensive line comes in there and roughs it up, and it gets ugly. 
So I think that's what Auburn's going to do. They're going to get after Herbert. He's going to struggle early. Nix is going to move the ball a little comfortably, nothing special, get some field goals early. Then they're going to get some short field, score some touchdowns. Herbert's going to rally late, I think. I think it's going to be like 24-20-7 going to the fourth quarter. Then Herbert's going to get like 14 quick points, and Auburn fans are back, including yourself, are back, oh, God. Here we go again. Look, that's oh all boy, that, here we go. And I will tell you this, as an Auburn fan, that is every Auburn game ever. I don't think I've had a single Auburn game in the last seven years where I'm not like, all right, here's a heart attack coming to happen. Or, heck, even back to 2010. I mean, goodness, they they beat South Carolina and Arkansas in 50-point games. Like, it's 50-something to 50-something at the end of the game. Like, that just shouldn't happen. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of the big game we're looking at this week. We'll probably start doing like a game of the week in college football going forward, just looking at a few different games. None of this first week stand out as must-sees. I mean, you have Oklahoma's, you have the Alabama's. This is kind of their quote-unquote cupcake week, if you will. Yeah. They're not really playing anybody that stands out as, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. This is their scrimmage to come into the season. Let's be honest. Basically, yeah. So is there anything else you want to end this episode on? Anything else you want to throw in there? No, that does it for this week. Um... Next Stay week, tuned. Next yeah. week is the one you want to do it for. Next week, we're going to have the top five quarterbacks. We're going to focus on just quarterbacks, just based on arguing them because we don't have a defensive position to go with them. And then after that, regular season and playoff predictions going into the season. Probably right before the kickoff, we'll release it. Who do we think is winning the divisions? What records are they getting? We'll go every team in every division, what their records will be, and we'll run through their playoff chances and who we think will be holding the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. It'll be, it'll be a good one, so... I'll tell you who's not going to be holding it, though. Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath. If he touches the Lombardi Trophy, even if the Cowboys win, I'm burning the Lombardi Trophy. We're going to have to make a new Lombardi Trophy. They're going to have to change the trophy just like when Alabama broke the crystal ball. That being said, Jeff Heath, you're welcome on the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. No. He is not welcome on the podcast unless he wants to get trash talked. That's all for this episode of High Low Sports. Thank you very much for tuning in and check in with us again next week. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.